Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year, book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. In Job's unyielding vindication, under his extreme suffering, he said in Job chapter 10, verses 1 and 2, My soul loathes my own life. I will let my complaint have free course in me. I will speak in the bitterness of my soul. I will say to God, Do not account me wicked. Make known to me why you contend with me. This is Matt Miller with Ron Kangas for another look at the story of Job. Welcome back, Ron, for a view of Job that's unique in Witness Lee's life study. This is not an exaggeration to say that the view of the book of Job presented in this life study is unique. I do not count myself an expert on anything, including the book of Job. But in my reading and considering and studying for a few decades, I've paid particular attention to this book and have acquired many significant writings on Job. And they all make some kind of contribution. But it is, again, not too much to say. It's not excessive to say. Brother Lee's ministry on Job is unique. And it's unique for two main reasons. It is unique because its perspective is that of the tree of life versus human reasoning in the realm of right and wrong, which has its source in the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And second, Brother Lee's ministry on Job is governed by the vision of God's economy. God's dispensing himself into his chosen and redeemed people to make them his corporate expression. When we view the book of Job From this standpoint, as we will try our best to do as we fellowship in light of the spoken and written messages, when we look at Job from this standpoint, it's a new book once again. We see into the intrinsic situation after the initial shocks of Job's tremendous suffering. You have chapter after chapter of discourse, of reasoning, of disputation. Everyone is trying to account for what happened. And everyone is in a natural realm, outside of God, separate from the tree of life, not in God's economy. As long as we remain in this realm, there's no answer. That's why, to anticipate what will come out more fully later, the answer to Job's anguished questions are not found in the book of Job, nor in the Old Testament, but in the revelation of God's economy in the New Testament. As I was preparing 
a little for this broadcast by reading some of the excerpts from the written ministry. I was just impressed again that this ministry is a ministry of life. This ministry functions according to the principle of the tree of life. This ministry brings before God's people in revelation and experience the New Testament economy of God. Eventually, God's people will realize that these things are treasures. They are unspeakably precious. In our limited time, we would like to make a contribution in fellowship to understanding the book of Job according to life and in the light of God's economy. Well, Ron, thanks for that opening word. Uh, We're actually going to cover in this life study program today Job chapters 6 through 11. You know, we're going to start out with Job's vindication in chapter 6 and 7. We're going to then go to Bildad's rebuttal in chapter 8, followed by Job's unyieldingness in chapter 9, and then Zophar's blind argument in chapter 11. Ron, I wonder if you could just give a bird's eye view of these chapters and what we're going to see today before we go to Witness Lee. Whether this is a bird's eye view or this is in a nutshell, the listener will have to decide. But what we have here in these chapters is a record of discourse, of discussion, of reasoning, of trying to account for Job's sufferings according to the principle of right and wrong, good and evil. And Job in particular is standing firm for what he calls his integrity. This is the composite of all of his virtues and attributes. So what is in the text itself is this account of opinions, of perspectives, all endeavoring to explain the unexplainable in the realm of right and wrong. But Brother Lee's ministry on this and our fellowship based upon the word and the ministry come from another realm. And we have to be in this realm, the realm of the tree of life, in order to have the proper understanding of what is going on in these five chapters. These four men are talking according to the principle of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, reasoning, debating, vindicating, and defending. Our standpoint is the tree of life, realizing what Job needed, what his three companions needed, what we all need is to be transferred experientially into the realm of God, of life, of God's economy, then we can uh, have the proper spiritual understanding of this portion of the book of Job. Thanks, Ron. Let's join Witness Lee now for his speaking, which was originally in December 1992. Job, as a book, has become a big problem among Christians. Job's vindication is challenging on God and on his friends to give him an answer. Firstly, he put out all his sufferings. He lost everything. Nothing's left but sufferings. 
nothing there but sufferings. After putting out his sufferings, he turned to God. What you have asked me to do, required me to do, I did. Now, how much more you want me? What else you want me? I like to know. I'm puzzled. I know the four directions, and I know the top and the bottom. Where should I be then? Then he turned to his friends. Your way is not the right way to give me direction. No, I need a direction. You just reprove, rebuke, condemn, despise. This is not the love, the loving kindness from my dear friends whom I consider my brothers. What you should do is to tell me my direction. Tell me, where should I go? Tell me, what should I do? Then he turned to himself. Okay, God and my friend, look at me. I'm nothing wrong. Again, what do you want me to do? Then he talked to his friends. You imagine that you know the human life. But I tell you, I know much better than you do. All the matters concerning human life, I know much better. So eventually, no answer to me. I have nowhere to go but to die. So I lost my taste to live. No answer. I tell you, the answer should be also the answer to this book. The answer is this. Job, you and your dear friends all got into the wrong realm. You are in the wrong realm. You are in the realm of what? Good and evil. You are in the realm to promote integrity. You are in the wrong realm. What you need to do, you need to know where is a right realm. And the right realm is the tree of life. Get back to the tree of life. The tree of life is your answer. Okay, Ron, the answer to the book of Job is the tree of life. Job and his friends were just in the wrong realm. They were in the realm of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, promoting integrity. Let's develop this thought before we go any further with this life study. Actually, it's not that easy, at least for me, to explain what it means to say that the tree of life is the answer. The tree of life is signifies God himself in Christ as our life. In other words, the answer to the questions in the, raised by Job and raised in the book of Job is God himself experienced by us as life. It is God working himself into us as life. Actually, there isn't an explanation given that the human mind can grasp according to its concept of right and wrong. The answer is to be shifted out of that realm entirely into a realm where we contact God, experience God, enjoy God as life, realizing that now our being is more open to him than ever before. 
this is why the things happen, we dare not say. But the result is, the Lord is real to us. The Lord is becoming the constituent of our being. So this is what we mean by saying the answer is God in Christ as life. Job wanted the answer to his questions, and we do not blame him. We're the same. But what Job really needed was not answers. What Job really needed was God himself. You know, St. Augustine, in the 5th century, somewhere he made a statement like this, I appreciate. It's in the form of a prayer. And Augustine says, Lord, if I had to choose between having the answer to my questions and having you, I choose you, Lord. So what we're trying to say is this, that Job wanted answers to questions raised in the realm of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. God did not enter that realm. God never reasoned with him. But God's answer, ultimately, is himself revealed and worked into Job as his life. This is what it means to say the tree of life is the answer to the book of Job. Thanks, Ron. Let's go back to Witness Lee as we continue this thought about the answer to Job. Job, he couldn't find out what was the reason, what was the cause, but he believed there must be some reason. He realized something was hidden in God's heart. I agree with him. This gazing is right. Something there, hidden in God's heart. This something hidden has been hidden there, not only at Job's time. Paul tells us this mystery has been hidden from the ages. It's a mystery. A mystery of ages. Since the time God came to create the universe, the angels were watching to find out what God's going to do. Look, he created the heaven right, with the three lights to divide the day and night. Then God created the earth. And Job told us that when God finished the creation of the heavens to create the earth, the angels were dancing. We're singing, we're rejoicing, they were happy. They, they may have talked one to another, what God going to do more? Oh, what earth will be? For what? They didn't know. Oh, then the angels saw a man. Well, what God do, will do with this man? Nobody knows. If you go to Adam and ask Adam, Adam, do you know for what God created you? Adam, I don't know. But I do know I bear the image. I bear the likeness of God. For what this is, I don't know. Then God kept these hidden through the ages. God didn't tell Enoch, Noah. God didn't tell Abraham. God didn't tell Moses. God didn't tell David. 
Solomon. God didn't tell Isaiah. It was all the prophets until aha, the New Testament time came. Even in the New Testament time, many were not clear about this hidden mystery. Paul told us in Ephesians 3, something hidden in the one who created the universe. Okay, I'm going to read that verse that Witness Lee just referred to. It's Ephesians chapter 3, verse 9. And to enlighten all that they may see what the economy of the mystery is, which throughout the ages has been hidden in God, who created all things. Ron, we'd better stop here again because not only Adam and many of those in the Old Testament age are not clear about God's purpose, as Witness Lee just said, but I agree with his comment that many in the New Testament age are also not clear, and maybe some listening right now, they don't understand this hidden mystery that Paul referred to in Ephesians 3.9. Could you just explain it again in simple words? I'll try. But before I do, let me just emphasize the point you made, that beginning from Adam all the way through the Old Testament, no one knew God's purpose, the mystery hidden in God, a mystery because it was known only by God. Adam knew he was created by God. Abraham knew he was created by God. But they did not know why. Well, even Adam knew he was created in God's image, but he didn't know why he was created in God's image. That's right. And it's somewhat amusing to hear well-meaning preachers give... Their explanation, the common one, is God wanted someone to fellowship with. But Paul was chosen to receive this revelation, and as Ephesians 3.9 says, to enlighten all that they may see the economy of the mystery. Okay, what is the economy of the mystery? The economy is God's plan and arrangement to dispense himself in Christ as the Spirit into us, his chosen, redeemed, and regenerated people, as our life, our life supply, and our everything to make us the corporate expression of the triune God. This is why we were created in God's image. This is why we were fashioned as tripartite vessels. God's intention is to get inside of us, to work himself into us, to constitute us with himself, to make us the same as he is in life and in nature, but not in his Godhead and not as an object of worship, so that we can actually express him. This is the key to the whole Bible. This is the key to Job's dilemma. Only when we link the book of Job to the revelation of the economy of the mystery in the New Testament can we have a spiritual understanding that what happened to Job was related to God's dispensing himself into him. 
It's not merely that God wanted someone to talk to, that God wanted to have fellowship with someone in the garden during the daytime. Rather, God wanted to dispense himself into these human beings made in his image and fashioned as vessels. This is what Paul referred to. Praise the Lord that the mystery hidden in God has been revealed in spirit. But sadly, although it has been revealed and recorded in the New Testament, it has been veiled by centuries of traditional religious theology and teaching. But in his mercy, the Lord through the New Covenant ministry has removed this veil again that we may see the revealed economy of God and respond to this revelation by opening ourselves to receive his dispensing that we may be part of his corporate expression, which expression is the body of Christ consummating in the new Jerusalem. Well, Ron, I appreciate that word. And I I think because of the time, I'm looking at the clock, that maybe we We shouldn't go to the final segment with Witness Lee that we've prepared, but I do want to read a quote that Witness Lee ends with, and we're not going to hear Witness Lee say it, so I'd like to quote Witness Lee here and then get your final thoughts. He says, The entire 66 books of the Bible are only for one thing. They're for God in Christ by the Spirit to dispense himself into us to be our life, to be our nature, to be our everything, that we may live Christ and express Christ. This should be the principle that governs our life. This should be today's tree of life for our enjoyment. I just thought this was a great nugget that maybe you could give your final thoughts on. It is a great nugget, and I'd like to respond in particular to the sentence, this should be the principle that governs our life. Job's life was governed by a different principle, right? the principle of right and wrong. With that as the background, we see through the revelation given to Paul that the principle that governs our life should be God's economy, that is, God's dispensing himself in Christ by the Spirit into us. When this economy of God with the divine dispensing becomes the principle that governs our life, that principle spontaneously becomes the tree of life for our enjoyment. By having the economy of God become the governing principle, we are recovered to the tree of life. Now we enjoy the triune God as our life. How wonderful, how marvelous. Well, Ron, I hope the Lord would really have mercy on us to live according to this principle. And also, I hope our listeners would really have uh, experienced some real enlightenment and inspiration to see this matter of the tree of life and this principle that is made known through the Apostle Paul's writing. And as you said, revealed again through this ministry. This is our heart's desire for the seeking children of God. Ron, thanks for joining me today. You're welcome. I appreciate the opportunity. And thank you also for joining us. We'd uh, like to invite you to call us to get the printed materials that go along with this message. You can call us at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 
888-382-9814, or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. On behalf of Ron Kangas, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for joining us today. Even though Christ is immeasurably great, He is available for us to experience. In order to fully enjoy and appreciate Christ, we need a revelation of His person and work, and especially of our union with Him in our regenerated human spirit. As believers, we can abide in Christ and live Him out in our daily experience by receiving the bountiful supply of the Spirit of Jesus Christ. In the book, The Secret of Experiencing Christ, Witness Lee unveils practical points to enter into a genuine experience of Christ according to the divine revelation contained in Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. The Secret of Experiencing Christ is available at Christian bookstores everywhere. Or you can order a copy from Living Stream Ministry by calling 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788.